All right, part two, y'all. Bonus episode. Uh, we never did a part two to a bonus episode, so this is special. Uh, the James Bond was such a hot topic and it's such a uh, great conversation that we had. We thought we want to continue more on it. Uh, and, you know, we want to shift things a little bit on this episode. We want to give it back to the expert of James Bond, Devante, who's going to kind of lead us in some more thoughts and discussion. Let's get your thoughts clearly first, Devante, since you are the main James Bond fan. Self-proclaimed expert, you know, I don't have right, anybody right. else to call me that, right. but it's, it's self-proclaimed. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I do want, I want to back up a little bit because... Uh, just the background, one of the reasons why I was so excited for this movie is because of the background. Um, so this movie was delayed so, so many times. Um, it was originally supposed to come out in like November 2019 and it got hit with delay after delay. Uh, they had to get a new director because the previous one dropped out. All kinds of crazy stuff happened and then COVID happened. So I had been waiting on this movie for a minute yeah, because Spectre came out in 2015. So uh, I, let's just say this was the most anticipated movie for me. Uh, one of the most anticipated movies of the year for me, uh, maybe right under Spider-Man No Way Home. But um, in terms of James Bond, this is definitely of the Craig era, the one that I was most excited to watch. So I was. it's been a few days since I've seen it, and um, I'm going to see it again this week as well. And um, overall, I st- I'm still kind of where I'm at with the previous episode. Like, I still do like it overall, but the more time that passes by, the bigger problem I have with the the plot, the villain, and the ending. So I'll get into those. So just to summarize the plot, I thought this movie was interesting because it does feature some type of biological threat. You know, they have these, these nanobots that can essentially target a person's DNA and kill them. And these nanobots can spread like a virus, basically, which I'm like... You know, the fact that this movie was going to come up before COVID and they had like a, a viral threat, that's that's pretty interesting how they were able to like have that as an idea because the Bond movies normally, the threat is always something that's like a real world threat. You know, like back in the 60s, it's like nuclear warfare threat. And now these days, obviously during COVID, they chose to do uh, bio warfare. So the problem I have with the plot though is that I feel like it wasn't explained well exactly how the villain was going to use the nanobots. So we know that his plan overall was to, like these nanobots, they can target someone's DNA, but we don't know anything at all at the end of the movie. Like, who is he targeting? Like, who does he want to kill? Like, after he killed um, Spectre and Blofeld, it was like, you know, what more does he want to do? So I had a big problem with that. And then the ending, I'll get into the ending before I pass it off to you guys. Like, I still think you just cannot kill James Bond, man. Like, I know he's not Superman. You know, he's not a superhero. Well, I mean, you can, but I feel like you shouldn't, though. Okay, like, I know he's a mortal man because that's a staple of the character, you know? Like, think about all of the Bond movies and even video games where, like, he gets out of these crazy situations um, unscathed, basically, you know? Like, he just, he just doesn't die. He's not meant to die. And this would have been the time to do it. If you have an actor that's in their last uh, last uh, movie and they're going to reboot it anyway, I guess this is the best time to do it. But thinking about why he died, he was infected with the nanobots that were coded to the DNA of uh, Madeline, his lover, and his daughter, Mathilde. And so in his mind, if even if he escaped, he was going to ba- basically endanger their lives. And guys, we know from COVID, I will say this, it's compelling because... You know, COVID pretty much started like in China, but I'm sure all of us have been in the same room with somebody that has had it at some point, you know? So it just goes to show that, yeah, he could kind of like quarantine himself, but it's so easy for something that is but like a virus to spread. Like it's super easy for a virus to spread. You know, when COVID first started, like nobody thought it would come here. And like I said, these days, somebody like you've known somebody that has had it and maybe even passed away from it, sadly. So it is compelling that he has to, he faces a choice. He can escape and try to live, but still endanger them and have the possibility of him coming coming in contact with somebody that comes in contact with somebody else. Then it eventually gets to them or just try to like really, really hardcore quarantine up on an island and never be able to see or touch them again. And, you know, he chose to, you know, obviously he chose to just stay behind and um, in the midst of the island, he died. So, I mean, I, I get it. I still don't like, I still think that like that decision was more of a decision made by the writers and not necessarily something that was needed for this story. 
Yeah, I, I, I feel that. I feel that. So I do want to say, though, like, I think we're in a time and period. I think Robert Downey Jr. and Tony Stark, I think franchises want to end off emotionally their character, like, mm. dying. All franchise. I think it's going to come in Harry Potter. I mean, we're seeing a lot. I think, I think, uh, I'm just, I'm just going to put it out there. Spider Man may get done the same way. Like, mm. it's going to continue. It's going to be a continuing trend. Because, uh, mm-hmm. like, everybody wants their franchise or, like, their series of movies of that character to end off with, like, like oh, the main character dies in this way and it's emotional, or blah, blah, blah. They want to recreate what Tony Stark did, you know? That's just a personal opinion. But, uh, wait, um, I'm sorry. Pause. Because you said Harry Potter, bro. And I'm just kind of like, wait a minute. Like, they're rebooting <laughs> Harry Potter and he's going to die? Because <laughs> like, I remember hey, the first Potter. couple of movies in the books and he lived. Man, they're gonna make him die. He's gonna die eventually. Man. <laughs> oh, come on. Of old age? I, I, yeah, man, he's gonna die like, uh, what was the other guy? Uh, uh, what was the wizard name? Uh, Dumbledore. Dumbledore. He's gonna die like mm. Dumbledore. Now, hey, I will say this, Devontae. Hey, tell me what you guys think. Bro, do, okay. you think, do you think the nanobot theory or the logic of using nanobots is kind of lazy writing because it seems like a lot of people use that so like spread infections and that that's kind of like the thing like that's like the big master plan like nanobots somehow affect bodies Mm. or gets control because i hear it so much like how many times you heard nanobots i mean i understand it could be a real thing man i've heard it in the mcu Hmm? man okay thank you yeah, I heard it in the MCU like too many times. Like nanotech, like nanotech, nanobots. Like in the comic books, it's nanotech, nanobots, yeah, like cutting edge nanotechnology. And I'm just kind of like, what? Seriously? It's lazy right? It's like magic, like, man. It, it is. It's pretty much like yeah, these nanobots can do like, anything. Like, I'm not saying that. Yo, did you mute just? <laughs> did you mute yourself? Wait, <laughs> what happened? <laughs> You muted yourself. Oh, what I do? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to mute myself. Sorry. <laughs> no, you was in the middle of speaking, yo. Like, go ahead. Like, keep going. Oh, no. Nah. No, nah, I was like, no, nah, I just think it's, uh, yeah, I think it's always lazy writing. I thought, and I think, I know movies, uh, some movies, they want to get to the point, right? They want to get the movie out mm-hmm. and get to the point. And sometimes I think the producers or writers just get a little lazy. They're like, oh, yeah, this thing, this, this thing is just like the widget. I think it was, was it Spider-Man called? <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's kind of like this, it's, but it's just like this one thing that's just like, okay, this thing is the big problem, and there's no really deep explanation behind it, and there's no real reason, but it's kind of like the overall understanding, like this thing is what is kind of destroying, or this thing has the ultimate power, and like we gotta find a way to stop it, or whatever. So I think the nanobot Yo. or the virus thing kind of gets old after that, and vibranium. Oh, oh yeah. boy. Yeah, there's Bruh. too many of these things in movies. All right. All right. Well, they, I'm sorry. Like, I like the Black Panther movie and everything, but what they did with Vibrano making it like the magic cure-all, like, <laughs> like metal, I'm just kind of like, bruh, like, nah, come on, they stop that. Far. Don't do that. They, so they, they didn't thing, go too far with that, bro. They did. So here's the thing that's interesting with nanobots. Like, it, it's the typical 21st century, like, techno, I guess, technological development that's still mysterious enough to the point where you can you can basically have it do anything in a movie and nobody can say hey that's not possible because it's still a developing technology like nobody knows what the boundaries are yet so you can do anything with them in movies but i do have a theory um about the nanobots i think that again i i I could be wrong but i think that since this movie was delayed so many times and then COVID eventually took place before the movie came out i think that there's a possibility that at some point the movie was more about an actual virus, like maybe nothing about nanobots. It could have been just specifically like a biological weapon, like essentially a weaponized uh, virus that can that creates a pandemic. But maybe with that hitting it too close to home, when COVID actually broke out and there was an actual viral outbreak, they maybe changed it. They switched it up a little bit, so it's not too much. Uh, it's not too much of a mirror for what's going on in the real world. I think that happened because the end of the movie to me, where like Saffin is just selling the nanobots. To me, that that seems like some kind of like last minute rewrite. Like I think that he actually had a plan for like how he was going to use this virus or something. But since they had to kind of write some things out to adjust things, they just like, oh, let's just go in, um, let's just emphasize the nanobots instead of the, of a virus, and then let's just have it say at the end he's just going to sell them to some unknown buyer. I just think that was something that they kind of changed at the last minute just to avoid being too close to the real world. You know what that sounds possible, so Devontae? 
You know that mm-hmm. sound like? That sounds like literally every zombie movie. Remember, like, don't every <laughs> zombie movie start off with a virus and a corporation that's selling a virus or experiment on some tor- type of fungus Basically. or parasite? Like, and then, like, they're trying to weaponize it and then it ends up kind of spreading or something like that. That's, like, literally Resident Evil and, like, Zombie Land and all that. Like, Land of and uh, World was, the World Last was of Us. Yeah, uh, what was the Will Smith movie? Um, uh, I am Legend. I am Legend. That's yeah. like literally like I'm not saying it was bad. I think it, the the James Bond No Time to Die was still good. I, think, I still love it. I enjoyed it, but I do get what you're saying, man. Like, uh, yeah, like after a while, like after a while, Devontae is like it does. It does. I can see how they did get lazy a little bit on it, or because there were some things that. Uh, were in the way during the time they were making it or the release date or whatever. They had to make some changes, which is understandable. Still a good movie. Still a good movie. Yeah. Okay, and so, I, did, I so think y'all think they went back and did some rewrites? I think they did, Raheem. I, I really think they did. I mean, I, like I said, I could be wrong, but that's my guess because it happens to a lot of movies. And I think even in um, a Daniel Craig interview, I, I was watching almost every interview that came up before this movie. That's how on edge I was for this movie. Like, Give it to me now. So like, <laughs> there was an interview that he had where he admitted that they did uh, that several times. They had to rewrite this, had to uh, revise the script. He didn't say when they did it, but he did say that it was like an ongoing thing that they had to revise the script over and over. So I, I think they did do it. With that being said, um, there's still some things about the movie I did like, and I, I do. I want to be fair to the movie because overall. I liked it more than the things I disliked. The action was fantastic. Like from Matera to the, like the opening action scene when they very dis- disrespectfully blew up Vesper's grave. RIP. The disrespect. Oh, super disrespectful. disrespect. That scene to Cuba to um, the forest scene to like it was just so there were so many action scenes that were like even to his lair at the end. You got to have the big lair at the end in the Bond movie. Uh, like all of that stuff, like those action scenes are very well done. Yo, I gotta admit, like, like the scene where like James Bond crushed his fanboy, bruh. Like, yes, I was like, okay, that is probably the coldest thing I've seen <laughs> in a movie in a while, bruh. Yeah, like, you know I why was... that's a good scene too, Raheem. I'll, I'll let you finish, but the reason why I like this okay. scene also because it's an Easter egg to For Your Eyes Only. So in the movie Wait. For Your Eyes Only. James Bond, uh, who was played by Roger Moore at the time, he has this savage kill where, like, there's this henchman that's in a car on the edge of a cliff. And, like, he's harmless. Like, he hasn't done it. Like, he doesn't have a gun or anything, I don't think. And he's asking for, he's begging Bond to save him. But this henchman had killed one of Bond's allies or something in the movie. So Bond literally, like, kicks the car off the side of the cliff and he dies. So that that scene there when he did that to Logan Ash was like a, a throwback Easter egg or a reference to Four Your Eyes Only. Makes sense because in the movie, old boy did kill uh Felix. So I, yeah, I mean, man. dang, man, that actually hurt my feelings though. Like that, that kill actually really hurt my feelings, bro. Like because like even though because you know I just started watching the James Bond movies and I he was actually one of the characters that I liked in the movie like from Jump, mm-hmm. like Jeffrey Wright, man, like like even though you know he was trying to play like this hard boiled CIA agent, bro, like he he had more heart, like he I hit I he. He displayed his art a little more. I'm mad. He was trying to play hardball, but it didn't quite work. I'm mad, James. But in a good way. I'm mad, James Bond can get shot 50 million times, but Philly can get shot once, (laughs) and all of a sudden he's like dead. I'm like, come on, man! Like, like the levels to it, man. It's like, but let me ask you this question, Devontae. I do want to know why do you like James Bond? Oh, good question, man. I, I appreciate you for asking me that. So. It's really funny when you ask because, like, I feel like you have to get into it at a certain stage of your life. For me, I got into it because I played uh, one of the GOAT games, one of the best games of all time, GoldenEye. Yeah. GoldenEye. Go- oh, man. GoldenEye. Bruh. Yes. Like, playing that That's game was like, and I, I played it with my dad. You know, like, my dad and I, we, we played a lot of video games together. That's one of the first games that we played together. So it all goes back to that and just memories of playing that game with my dad. And then after, as a kid playing that game, I was like, oh, like, there's a movie called GoldenEye? Like, it's connected to, like, the movie? So GoldenEye was actually my first James Bond movie, 1995, um, with Pierce Brosnan. And it was a really good movie. It's one of my, to this day, is one of my top five favorite Bond movies. So, and then I was like, oh, these movies have been around for, like, 30 years at that point? Like, so I started seeing, like, going all the way back to Dr. No, and I was like, oh, he's a, he's a different actor. Like, who are these guys? You know, and then it's like going back and watching the Sean Connery movies to... 
George Lazenby to Roger Moore to Timothy Dalton to Bryson and Janelle Craig. But to me, it, it all goes back to the original GoldenEye game. Yeah, touche. Gold, uh, GoldenEye is uh, golden goaded, I would say. Yep. I, yeah, so do you mind if I offer a counterpoint, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. What's your counterpoint, Ryan? So, like, I remember GoldenEye on N64. Like, and this was like me jumping from like you know the 16-bit technology of the Super Nintendo to the N64, right? And I remember sucking so bad at GoldenEye, right? Like every time I turned the corner, I got popped. So I'm just kind of like, like, is this funny? Because like GoldenEye was my first James Bond experience, and I hated it. I hated it so much. And like when Devontae, when you was telling your story, like it made me think about. I, it made me think about my experience playing GoldenEye, and I was like, "Wait a minute! I really did not like James Bond from that moment on." I <laughs> so I said counterpoint, but like my story is like the opposite of Devontae's story. Like my like my boys were like, you know, I just straight up light me up in GoldenEye, laugh about it, and I'd be like, "Man, forget James Bond, forget it. I jump and get it." <laughs> Get a stupid golden gun, like you know. Forget the golden gun that that the developers actually admitted was a cheat gun. Like, it was, it was. <laughs> one hit, you did. Yeah, yeah. It was. You can't let anybody pick that, or you can't let anyone pick our job. That hat, our job is a cheat that hat. If he, a, cheat if he throws that hat, bro, it's out. You out. It's over. <laughs> so I have to admit, I have to admit, Devontae, even though uh, GoldenEye is my, is, is the golden, is the golden game, is goaded, it's not my favorite James Bond game. My mm. favorite James Bond game is Nightfire. And mm. that's kind of, truthfully, that's how I got intru- introduced to James Bond in a serious way, where I actually start looking at his movies a little bit more and like going to the old mm. school ones and to the new school ones. Because Nightfire storyline was so dope that i was like yo this uh you know this james bond at the time i wasn't too familiar about him but when it came out i think this was like 2005 2006 somewhere around mm-hmm. there like when it came out i was like yo like 2004 yeah 2004 um when it came out i was like you know what man i actually kind of interested in this storyline like let me look at some of the old movies and some of the newer movies that were coming out and i actually ended up becoming like a fan i was like yo i actually I, I actually love James Bond series. I haven't, like I told you, Devontae, I enjoyed every single last James Bond movie from old to new. Uh, there hasn't been one I haven't enjoyed. I know there's some that you guys don't like, but still, the ones you don't like, I still enjoyed. I wasn't I wasn't not entertained. I was still entertaining every single James Bond. Yeah, there's definitely something entertaining in each of them. And Nightfire is a great game, by the way. That's, I mean, that's up there for me, too. That's, especially the multiplayer. Is exactly, really bro. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, and that's another thing. Like this movie had so many Easter eggs to the, to the, like it was like a love letter not only to the Craig era but to the James Bond like movies in general. Like I saw, I identified so many different Easter eggs to like different movies, and there were a lot of them, a lot of Easter eggs to another of my favorite Bond movies that is normally underrated but is getting some love, which is uh, on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Like even some of the musical cues, like match the theme from that movie um, and then when Bond says at the end you have all the time in the world like all the time in the world is like one of the um, the songs that's at, at the end of On Her Majesty's Secret Service where Bond actually gets married believe it or not in that movie but his wife is killed uh, she's uh, spoiler alert too late for that but she's killed by um, <laughs> Bond and uh, Blofeld you know as she as they're driving to their honeymoon and then you know, oh. he says we had all the time in the world and uh, it, it kind of ends on a sad note that's the only other James Bond movie that ended on a sad note. This one similarly ends on a note but where Bond himself, you know, dies, which is obviously something that has never been done before, you know. So that's gonna that's an interesting callback to that movie. And we also had to talk about the fact <laughs> that I like that Bond is a girl dad. You know, that's they did something different there, making him a father. And I'm like, okay. Like I kinda wish he had more time with his daughter, but I did, I still respect the decisions to do that. Yo, so I got to admit, like, with Bond dying at the end of the movie, it was like Daniel Craig just pretty much said, no more. You're not bringing me back for a sixth one. Like, he he wanted to let the audience know that this was it. Um, Which I thought was a little extreme. But, um... But, yeah, you know, one of the things that, like, really messed with me about the Hercules program, um, and, like, which... And if I'm being honest, like, 
when I think about it, like I just I I honestly hate like the like I hate M for this. Mm-hmm. But like he okay, so he had this virus created and had it commissioned, right? But he didn't leave a back door just in case, you know, he screwed up. Mm. So that was my next question, actually, Raheem. So is MI6 wrong? Yes. Oh, they were definitely wrong for this one. Yeah, absolutely. Which was probably why, like, Bond was like, like when Bond was like, yo, like, you didn't destroy this? Oh, you sucker. Right. <laughs> like, like Bond to, had every right to be upset card. about that. Exactly. You have to have a safeguard. Like, that's a good point, Raheem. Like, I, the intent of the weapon is understandable. It's like, again, since it could target a person's DNA, M says it's a clean shot every time, which I think clean shot is a, that's another callback to Skyfall when Money Penny did not have a clean shot on Bond. She shoots and accidentally hits Bond instead of Patrice. He, Bond almost dies. M's yeah. point is like, we don't have to worry about anything like that happening again. If we want to target somebody, all we got to do is release these nanobots to, you know, someone in their general vicinity or someone that could get in contact with them and it's going to transfer from person to person and it's not going to harm anybody except the person whose DNA has been encoded into it. It's meant to be the perfect weapon to, for killing the only like only the one target that you're targeting and no collateral damage. With that being said, it seemed like it was really easy to, to adjust the settings and the coding and stuff like that to target multiple people and eventually target almost probably the entire human race. So you basically created a weapon of mass destruction. And see, and, and I'm glad you said that because like one of the things that I don't think they got until it was too late was that you know it was it's, it was intended for a single target and it was encoded to that person's DNA, but you shared the DNA of two people, which means mm-hmm. that it's gonna hit yeah. which means if you come in contact with those people, they're gone. And if they yeah. come in contact with like, anybody else in their bloodline, they're gone. It pretty much eradicates a bloodline. Like multiple bloodlines Mm -hmm. oh no not multiple bloodlines two bloodlines it pretty much eradicates two bloodlines right which again I am would have recognized this if in I this was like this was totally short sighted on his part to me Mm -hmm. like this whole like no time to die was pretty much M's fault it was his hubris it was his arrogance that you know led to the outcome of James Bond sacrificing his life because you know he didn't want to risk killing his daughter or his wife right right so it's, it's MI6's fault that James Bond died <laughs> yeah I mean nope kind of is I mean you can say that <laughs> nope I don't it put is. it on MI, I don't put it on Money Penny I don't put it on Nomi I don't put it on Q I put it on M I put it on his short side of behind him, all <laughs> him. It was his lack of vision that did it. Everyone, everybody was telling him, "Nah, don't do this, son." But he was like, "I'm gonna do it anyway." <laughs> oh, oh, what's that girl? You messed oh, up. Oh, he was like, he was like, "I'm gonna see for myself." As uh, what's her name? Uh, Ariel something. And she does those videos with God and whatnot. And she's like, "I'm gonna see for myself." <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, thank God Nomi didn't die. I mean, now we got a new yes. face in the franchise. Yeah, you, you can't kill you can't kill Nomi, you know. Yeah. Black Woman 007, you can't kill her. And there, there has been a lot of speculation. We don't have to talk about it all here because I just think you can go on for a while about what the future of Bond is like. you got to keep in mind, every time there's a new actor in the role, it's pretty much some kind of reboot. Like, they very rarely carry over um, actors from the previous era. They have done that before, like with Judy Dench from the Bryson era coming into being the, the first M of the Craig era, but that's pretty rare. With that being said, the um, only thing I'll say about Nomi and Ploma at the end here is that I do hope to see them in some capacity, you know, even if it's like a spinoff or something like that. I would love to see the two of them teaming up, teaming up and going on a mission like we talked about in the previous episode. Uh, they were both strong characters in their own right, and I think that it would be cool to see them again. It just, uh, I don't think they're going to be like, you know, you're not going to have her being like James Bond in the future movies. It's clear that they're going to reboot because at the end it says James Bond will return, not 007 will return. So it's clear they're going to have to recast, you know, Bond and recast a lot of other roles. But I still would love to see them in like a, some kind of spinoff or something. Do you think Idris Elba could have pulled off Bond? What do you think? Of- 
Absolutely. I, I yeah. do believe he's so absolutely. He's he's got the acting chops, he's got the looks, he's got the height, the physicality, all of it. He checks all the boxes. He got he, does. he got turned down for so many Bond was one of the ones I got frustrated about, but I mean he got like they want like he was suggested for Calvinella Superman, James Bond, and all that. He got turned down for all that. I wanted him to be James Bond so bad. Honestly. I actually would appreciate you just helping being James. That's I a possibility. Actually. That's a possibility. Maybe. Maybe he's still got time. I think with this, with his age, is up there. Like I, I have a feeling they're kind of going to try to cast somebody younger into the role. Um, I mean, with that being said, y'all, I'm just, I, I mean, I'm just saying this. Like, I wouldn't mind seeing. I mean, he'll be super young. He'll have to bulk up, but I think he's old enough. Like, if they really want to go with the younger, younger Bond. Uh, our boy Tom Holland, you know what I'm saying? He's British, so nah. he's eligible. No, nah. he's eligible. Nah. I'm just saying. Nah. I thought he was gonna say Chris Evans. <laughs> I thought he was gonna say Chris Evans. <laughs> no, no, yeah, James Bond has Man. to be British. He has to be and British. The Britons would like crap themselves if they had an American play James Bond, and you know, know this. Like they yeah. would lose. How about mind. this then? Like they. they How about this? All right, go ahead. James Bond can be black, and he has to be British, uh, right? According to y'all, right? How about yep. John Boyega? I okay. See, I mean, I would be cool with that. I would be cool with him. Yeah. Daniel Kaluuya. Daniel. Um, Daniel Kaluuya. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, Daniel. He oh, yeah, he is British. Um, I, mm-hmm. I personally would love to see... Uh, I mean, again, he's been Superman, so I don't know, like... I, Henry Cavill is also a good option. He for is, it. Um, but he got, too he, many, he got two main. Uh, he got two two main. Two main. That's roles. the thing that I was about to say that he might be kind of at this point he might be too famous for it because they typically they typically go with somebody that's kind of more underrated. You know, they don't typically go with someone that has like a, a big. He can do spy movies but, though. He Henry can yeah, he, his Mission Impossible. I mean, he's the first person to yeah, reload his Uncle. fist. <laughs> he's the first person to reload his fist. <laughs> I mean, he can't. Pull. Yo, but he, but yo, but he was also in um the Man from Uncle, like yeah. the remake of the Man from yeah. Uncle, yeah, which is a highly underrated. It movie. is. It is. Like yeah. he now he played an American in that movie, but he shows that he can do espionage. He can. Um, now with that being said, I think that Sheldon has a point that he is too like well known at this point, like, and he got like The Witcher. He had. I'm still thinking he's going to come back as the Man of Steel for cameos. Yeah, which I would love, like because I really don't think he was a bad Superman. You know what's crazy to me? It's crazy to me that you know the British would lose their mind if an American played James Bond, but we have a British Superman. Yeah, like what's up with that? (laughs) We also have Israeli. They can they can sound American. Yeah, they actually British actors are really good, but we also have a that's just DC because you remember DC. I, I don't want to go into DC, but you know DC also has Israeli Wonder Woman and Samoan Aquaman, and uh, yeah. a Jewish Asian Splash. So it's like true. A James Bond could be black. I, I, I resent. I resent my Tom Holland thing. I but we talking about like American though. Actually, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying, and I'm not talking about like that. For I just think I think Tom Holland is actually younger than I um, I thought he was. Like he's he's mad young, so I'm like he he will be too young for people. So I'm gonna replace his yeah. name with another one. The dude from okay. uh, Bridgerton, Renee. Um, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but the yo, he's Bridgerton, he's black. He's a front runner. Yeah, yeah, he's a front runner. Like a lot of people are kind of like yo, like we wouldn't mind if this dude was Bond. Now with that being said, like it was a lot of ladies who were saying that, which you know <laughs> is also like you know a sign off as well. Right, but, you know, right. I mean, I got you. Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Michael B. Jordan's gonna do everything. He's gonna be Superman. He's gonna be James Bond. Like he's people are put him in, in like contention for every role at this point. Yep, he's gonna be uh, T'Challa in Black Panther two. Uh, he's, uh, he's gonna change his name from uh, Eric Killmonger to uh, T'Challa in honor of T'Challa. He's gonna be Jack Sparrow on Pirates of the Caribbean. He's gonna be, he gonna be uh, literally he's gonna be like from Toy Story. He's, He's literally there for the ladies, man. Like, the ladies love him. So he's like, no matter what movie he's in, all the girls are going to go see him. So it's kind of like Jason Momoa on The Rock. <laughs> just like, ladies going to go see him. But James Bond is a hard role. It is a goaded role, just like it's one of those irreplaceable roles. Like, we talk about Hugh Jackman, Wolverine. We talk about uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr., Tony Stark, uh, Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool. You know, it's like one of those. He, James Bond is one of those roles where when you're in it, you're going to be remembered definitely remember yep. it's going to be that's who you are like daniel craig uh like we're always going to we're always going to think of him as james bond no matter what in any movie yo that's true because like and it's funny because like 
I actually went back to see if I could find any Daniel Craig movie before he was James Bond, right? Like, because I was just trying to figure out like what movies was he in, and a lot of the movies that he were in, nobody's heard of. Like, they were all like, most of them were like independent films. Like, he might have had like one or two mainstream releases that weren't great. I yeah, but he wasn't a household name at the time. He wasn't. wasn't. Bond made him a household name. Yep. Um, and I think you're right in that respect, Sheldon. That uh, Bond is like Bond will make you a household name, but like history has shown that it can make you a household name for good or for bad. Because like Sean Connery, when he started out as Bond, everybody loved him, right? But then he came back and made like a seventh unofficial Bond movie because like I don't know, like it was something where they was like, nah, this movie ain't canon. But um, but yeah, like that movie like tanked, and they were like, yeah, nah, that's okay. Um, but also not only him, but um, uh, what's his name? He only did two Bond movies. Um, Timothy Dalton. Yeah, like a lot of people didn't like him as Bond, but it's funny because like I seen him on other shows. Like he was on um, what show was he on? Um, uh, it was actually a, a, a it was a spy comedy with uh Zachary Levi in it. Um. Hmm. He worked at like a tech store. Yeah. yeah. But anywho, like to me, he was a good actor. But with that being said, yeah. I didn't actually see those Bond movies. But a lot of people are like, yo, those weren't good Bond movies. But since I got I the Bond expert here, real quick, um, <laughs> like Devontae, what do you think about uh, Timothy, Dal- like, Timothy Dalton's Bond? Do you think he was underrated? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think he was underrated because he's he's definitely more of a he was definitely more of a low key Bond. Keep in mind, he's following up Roger Moore. Who played a more campier or sillier version of Bond, you know? Yeah. Um, and don't be getting wrong, you know, shout out to Roger Moore. He definitely did great with the role. Every role, every actor has their own spin on it. You had to do something different than your predecessor. So he did do something different. Like his Bond is typically credited as being one of the closest, if not the closest, to the Ian Fleming um, version of the character. Ian Fleming being the the man who actually wrote the Bond novels, wow. which were turned into movies. So yeah, he's, you know, the way that he's described in the novels. If you were to look at all of the Bonds and see which ones are close to that description, Timothy Dalton might just be number one because he's he's more of an understated Bond. He's he's, he's not meant to be very kind of like um, charismatic or very, you know, smiling all the time or, or anything like that. He's meant to be more of a um, like a just more of an intense man, like a, an intense, stern faced um, man who's like an assassin almost, you know, like he's going to kill yeah. without blinking an eye. He's going to be like a hardcore, you know, spy, you know, uh, he's not going to bat an eye at killing or con- conducting violence, you know, so he's not meant to be like a super enjoyable or likable guy. But again, every actor has tried to put their own twist on it. So I did appreciate Dalton because of that, because of his proximity to the the character that's written in the Ian Fleming novels and his movies now, that he was in were also pretty good too. They're not great, but I thought they were both pretty good. Okay. Now we'll say this much, like since you described like how bond is in the novels, I will admit that Daniel Craig actually sounds a little more like the way bond was intended to be. Yeah. I, um, yeah. cause Daniel Craig does come across as like cold. Mm-hmm. Like cold and do whatever it cold. takes to that's like. That's a great word. Yeah, cold, brutal. He's a he's a, yeah. he's meant to be brutal. I would say yeah. Craig and Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace for sure. That and Craig is my favorite Bond. I'll go ahead and put that. Out. He's my favorite Bond because I thought he brought something to the character that you know, in terms of the humanity and like even the vulnerability. Like he can get hurt physically and emotionally. Like he's a yeah. very human Bond. I would say in those two movies, he's very close to that. But as the as the movie started with Skyfall and going onwards, I think they try to make him a little bit more like he's saying a little bit more quips now. He's kind of winking at the camera metaphorically, not literally. He's starting to try yeah. to be a little bit more like uh, whimsical in a way. And I thought that kind of deviated a little bit from what they did in the first uh, two movies, Casino Royale and Quantum, where he was closer to like the Ian Fleming version. Right. Wait, 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 hold on. Let's let's talk about Quantum for a second, because it seems to me that like whenever like whenever they talk about the Bond movies, like the Daniel Craig Bond movies, and whenever they do flashbacks and things like that, they always reference Casino Royale, they reference Skyfall, they reference um... Well, I was going to call it Skyfire. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Spectre. Um, And they reference... They they reference those movies in No Time to Die. They did not... Like, nowhere 
did they reference Quantum of Silence. Quantum of Silence. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't even like reference like when they was going back through the list of bad guys that James Bond took on, like in the first uh, couple of movies. The bad guy in that one was skipped. Like, they forgot about the girl in the movie. Like they just, like, it was like, yo, Quantum of Solace don't count. Like, you, you want to know why, Raheem? You just, you just said crazy. something that, hated that movie. You wanted, it, you just said something that really stands out. Like you said, the bad guy in that movie, you didn't even remember his name. That's why people don't talk about that movie. Like it's hard to remember <laughs> anything from it. Personally, I thought it was okay. It's just okay. You know, it's definitely not one of his best movies. But it's very forgettable because it has a forgettable villain and forgettable plot. I did like the Bond woman in it, Camille, especially with her, like, you know, trying to avenge her family who was killed by uh, the, I guess, the other villain. But like, yeah. there's not a lot of things about that movie that are typically very likable and that really stand out. I enjoyed it. I mean, I I mean it. but I'm just kind of like, yo, like, they completely, like, erased it from canon. Like, I know, man. They, they were just like, yo, this was. <laughs> Like the studio was like, nope, this movie don't count. That's like, that's like, that's like Marvel saying, okay, so Captain Marvel don't count. Okay, so Incredible Hulk don't count. Okay, so mm-hmm. Thor one and two don't count. Like Thor starts at Ragnarok. Yeah. I want to know the miss. You don't want to know the most disrespectful thing they did against Quantum though. In the last trailer for No Time to Die, they yeah. they kind of showed. They're trying to show like the the arc of the Craig era. So they show like a, a clip from every previous movie, right? Yes. Only thing they they show five seconds of a scene that's not even in the movie. Like it was a scene from the, the one of the trailers for the movie, but I've seen that movie several times, and that little five second clip they show from Quantum is not even in the movie. Like that's how I don't, much they disrespect. Yo, like I I remember the trailer that you're talking about, and I don't even remember. Qu- and like now, keep in mind, I just watched like all these movies basically back to back. Don't recall seeing anything. Okay, so you said it was from the trailer. I, I didn't pay attention to the trailers, but yeah, like nothing. No, was, they, they they erased it off the map. Mm-hmm. I will I say this, man. This 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 might uh you know this might be something you appreciate, Devontae. I was uh walking down NC State uh yesterday going to Smoothie okay. King, um and you know I was going to Smoothie and outside were four. Uh, individuals talking about James Bond and Daniel Craig and I was just listening in on their conversation and uh, they were saying great stuff just about what he did. I would say James Bond fans and stands like people who are fantasy, they're not as toxic as other fans of Mm-mm. let's say Marvel or DC. I, I think overall even if there's a bad movie, so I was like we're talking about Quantum and I was like I actually enjoyed Quantum. I felt like with that group of people I can go up to them and like say hey I actually thought Quantum was a good movie. I have to feel like I want to be like completely superly judged by it it's like there's such mm-hmm. good fans and everything uh about james bond that's like it's like yeah i mean there's like kind oh, of i'm totally like, just <laughs> i mean i mean i like i said i quantum quantum has some things i like but i ain't gonna lie i mean but it's i i do have to rewatch it again because i <laughs> didn't remember a lot of it but like i said like i actually enjoyed every single james bond movie like <laughs> And that's see, some of them are more forgettable. Like it's see, all three of us really have a hard time remembering that movie. That's that's what you don't want. Like most Bond movies, you can remember something from. Oh yeah, that movie had a dope villain. Like you know, oh yeah, that's the one with Odd Job, right? Or that's the one with like whatever. To be forgettable is like one of the worst things you can be for a Bond movie. Like and going back to what you said, Sheldon, I like the Bond fandom because you know with Bond fans, you can have like five different people, right? And ask them the list. What are your top five favorite Bond movies? All those lists are going to be very different for one another. I'm sure even if we were to list our top five, it would be very different. Like, there'll be some that y'all might like that, like, I don't or vice versa. Like, it's really, there's a very diverse set of opinions. There's no real consensus all the time for these movies. Some of them are, you know, like, everybody loves Goldfinger, you know, just like everybody typically loves Casino Royale and Skyfall. Like, those are some of the most popular ones. But, like, some of the ones that people dislike, like Moonraker or uh, A View to a Kill or whatever, like, there's some people that really love those movies. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a good, I think it's actually a good kind of group to, like, just sit down and nerd out with if you're a James Bond fan. Like, like, like James Bond fans are, like, cool. Because, like, you know, you ever try to have a conversation about Star Wars with Star Wars fans? Like they'll oh. let you know. Like <laughs> usually, in unison, they'll let you know what their the worst Star Wars movie and the worst character. It's like the same thing. And I don't even think sometimes I don't even think they really believe it. It's just because the culture just makes them think that. Like, oh yeah, Jar Jar Binks is the worst character. Blah 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 blah. He I'm was like, yeah, sure. 
I mean, yeah, he was, but it's like still, it's like, was he because like he really was and you didn't like him or was it because X, Y, and Z said it and if you actually kind of like the character, you'll get laughed at. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why, that's kind of fandom I don't like. Uh, that's kind of fandom I don't like because, uh, like, True. because James Bond it doesn't have that kind of fandom. I feel like you can make an argument for like, uh, I mean, everybody likes Odd Job. Give me a, give me a villain that people don't like in James Bond. Uh, Devontae, who you think was a bad villain? Um, a bad villain. Let's say, let's say, um, ah, got to dig deep here. Let's say, uh, General Brad Whitaker from um the, the Living Daylights. I thought he was All a pretty right. bad villain. I mean, yes. Yeah, to, to, let's say to me, he was like, "Yo, I actually like him. I think he's my favorite villain." Like, even though you look at me sideways, like, "Huh? How's that's your favorite villain?" It's like, he's pretty, I can still sit down and talk to you, and it's like, I feel like you will understand why I would like that villain. You know what I'm saying? But like, when you mm-hmm. come to like Star Wars and stuff like that, or like even Marvel or DC, it's kind of like, "What? Are you serious? You don't know what you're talking about, man. You're weird." Blah 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 blah. So I do appreciate the fam, uh, James Bond. Stay. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think. And I, I don't think he was actually a general. I think he may have been like a fake general or something in that movie. But I get your point, Sheldon. Like, I can't, like, when I do talk with other Bond fans, like, it's hard to criticize their perspective because it's their opinion. If somebody yeah. says they love Moonraker or somebody says they love Die Another Day, I'm like, okay, like, that's your, that's your movie then. That's your thing. It's not my thing, but, like, I respect your opinion. It's, like you said, Sheldon, there's something to enjoy even in the worst of the movies, quote unquote, worst movie. Like, there's still fun scenes and fun characters to enjoy in those movies. I, I do think a lot of these heroes and stuff do not give James Bond his credit because he's the inspiration behind a lot of these heroes, especially these ones that don't have superpowers. Like I that's think, a lot. Uh, I don't think so. I think Black Widow did a great job. I think I mean Black Widow is kind of obvious. Anything dealing with spy, I think you know you got to pay homage to the goat. You know James Bond is something right, or like let, you can got to something real quick. But I feel like. A lot of people be copying a blueprint of James Bond. Mm-hmm. I just want—I just want to take a look at something real quick. I mean, what you think? Oh, you doing? Yeah, I mean, but like, what you think? Uh-huh. Do I think like? I think like there's a lot of heroes in Marvel and DC that takes a blueprint of James Bond sometimes. Yeah, I mean, you heard, remember when Black Widow came out? All the people that said, yep. "Oh yeah, it's like a it's like a James Bond movie," you know. Like I kept hearing uh-huh. that over and over. Like, yeah, this is like like Marvel's version of a female James Bond movie or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, you and you hear that a lot. In- Inception yeah. is like this is Christopher Nolan or Tenet. Like, this is Christopher Nolan's James Bond movie. Like, it does it set the, the yeah. standard for what like a good spy movie is, yeah. and it does have a lot of its tropes yeah. to be replicated in other movies. Yeah, and then you know, there's there's one particular character that uh, I always think of. Well, like yeah you copied a lot of things from James Bond from the Bronze Age to all the way I ain't gonna say his name I, I, I dare Wayne. you to say it I, did, <laughs> I knew you was gonna say it and this, was, and this was what I was okay so pause pause real quick Batman was created in 1939 uh, James Bond was created in 1953 that's why I, that's why I said James Bronze Bond Age. copied Batman boom that's, nope that's why I said Bronze Age that's why I said nope. Bronze Age nope. the take, Bronze it, take your Age, argument Bob, back Bob West Literally, I watched that interview. Bob West. There was a Who's different Bob direction. West? Wait, uh, the creator of that? No, the Bob West, the creator Bob of Kane? Batman. Bob Kane. Sorry, I don't. I got them two mixed up. Bob Kane literally sat down. Yeah, God, this is it. We should write that down. Maybe. <laughs> but literally, I remember that that meeting he had with Stan Lee. And he was talking about the evolution of. Batman and what the direction with uh, Detective Comics he was going with Bruce Wayne, it switched right around the time James Bond came out. Playboy, Mr. Playboy, Mr. Top Spy, Mr. Top Detective started to swagger jack off James Bond. It's inspirational. I'm not blame, I'm not I don't blame I don't blame him though. I don't blame him. Like it's it's smart. It's, to be fair, too, Sheldon, like the Bond movies have copied other movies too. You know, like I think the Bond movies typically copy whatever is popular at the time. Like Moonraker, um, which is like Bond going to space, came out two years after the first Star Wars movie. You know, so it's like, and then I ain't gonna lie, yeah. like people can see like Quantum of Solace is being similar to like the Jason Bourne era because of like the gritty action and everything. So there's times when even the Bond movies may take things from other movies too. I ain't gonna lie, Devontae. I was gonna, I was gonna say that. I ain't know how's your take it. I started to feel kind of a little Frank Castle vibe coming from James Bond and some of these movies. I'm like, bro, you act like the Punisher a little bit, man. Like, I don't know if it's because <laughs> hey. you're just that ruthless, but I'm like, yo. I mean... And then, of course, of course, I, we got it. 
All right. I, I have to admit the Punisher. I mean, we called him the Equalizer. The, we remember the Equalizer movie, which the Equalizer mm-hmm. movie uh, yeah. was stolen kind of from the Equalizer was stolen kind of from James Bond and Equalizer turns into the Punisher. So, I mean, yeah, it, it's a it's a still still world, right? It's a still still world. Yeah. Everybody going movies. They borrow still, from each other. People, people yeah. there's a bunch of million Superman wannabes out there, and it, you know people get successful out of them. A bunch of million Batman wannabes, James Bond wannabes, Wonder Woman wannabes. People jack each other swag all the time. But I just had to say, like, we gotta pay respects to James Bond because I think even though people do try to sp- sometimes steal that blueprint, it's still so authentic with James Bond movies that it's kind of like in other movies. I feel like it's noticeable. Right, I feel like the Playboy vibe and the 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 master and weaponry and tactics side of it. I think sometimes that they can't execute it well as a James Bond movie. But at the end of the day, it's like, what do you expect? I mean, it was something that was kind of that's what he was designed for. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like that that's 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 him. See, absolutely. I mean, the character is timeless. You know, these movies have been coming out since the early 60s, and there's no end in sight. I, I'm excited to see what they have next. I, whoever they cast, I would say this. I don't think they've cast wrong yet for a Bond movie. I mean, I think every single actor, I have a lot of respect, even for George Lazenby, who was only in one movie. Um, like, I have a lot of respect for what each of the actors have done in the role, and I think that they haven't missed yet when it comes to the casting. So I know whoever they pick next, whoever's going to be, I know they're going to do a great job. I hope the movie's going to be good. And um, yeah, I'm just excited for the future. Uh, me too, man. I'm excited, man. Devontae, you got me hooked on a uh, 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 James Bond now. I think, you know, I'm trying to get to your level as a James Bond fan. I'm actually rewatching them too. They're on HBO Max. So thank yeah. you, Raheem, for letting me get your HBO Max, man. <laughs> uh, Don't be telling. Shh. Yeah. <laughs> Nah, you it's got five good. profiles, so I'm good. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, last question. You guys last question. For indulging. Oh, you got a, You say you got a question, Sean? Uh, last ignorant question. Uh, who <laughs> want to fight? Who want to fight uh, James Bond or Batman? <laughs> <laughs> you make. You make me sick. You trying to make me? This is a good question. I knew it. I knew it. Man, I knew you put them in the room. My favorite. You know, two of no, my favorite fictional characters ever. I know. Put I know. You got a like you got a picture of Batman on your your profile picture. I'm, I'm sorry to do it to you, but you <laughs> do it to you. <laughs> I mean, is Batman in his cape and everything? Like, it don't matter. He, can, he still can get shot in the face. It don't matter. He can have a cape. Yeah, sure. He can have a cape. So can James Bond. He can yeah, get true, the Batman right to the forehead. <laughs> how you get? How James Bond get shot like a million times and die from poison? Like. I don't get it. Like it feels like he is invincible. Devontae is right. He's like, yo, you've been surviving all this, and it just ended that quick in no time to die. Like he, well, he died did, from I, poison. He died from a nuke. I mean, he died that's from a rocket. Saying, missiles. Yeah. That does sound all right. So that yeah, that does. So he needed to be poisoned and die from a nuke. So okay, yeah, that could take out James Bond. <laughs> yeah, that could take him out. It takes, I feel it like takes that's ten like, missiles and um, nanobot poison to kill him, basically. <laughs> just insurance, <laughs> just to make sure he's like, yeah, he's dead. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and some yeah, gunshots because yeah. it's gunshots. And some gunshots. Uh-huh. <laughs> and and on an island that he cannot escape from. Yeah. So yeah. All that. Yeah, he's a man. Good but I do appreciate you guys greatly for indulging me in my, uh, you know, desire to talk about, you know, the Bond movie and just James Bond in general. Much appreciated. Yeah, no problem, man. No worries. No problem. Hey, I love James Bond, y'all. Yo, J- James yeah. Bond. Let, let me know what y'all think, man. Y'all, y'all rocking with the James Bond series. You can't say no because it's fire, it's goaded. But if you dislike any of the things we said, let us know, man. We got more of these uh, Spotify green rooms coming y'all way. We'll love to hear your input. Um, shouts out to Devontae just you know uh, taking the time to school us on James Bond James Goat I mean uh, and you know we got some yep, more yep. coming for y'all y'all uh, Devontae what's your handles handle is IG at T-A-Y underscore A-V-E Ra- Raheem what's your handles mm, sorry peanut alright <clears throat> so um, you can catch me on IG at Raheem Harris you can also catch me on Twitter at Raheem V. I am actually tweeting now, so the. let's go. The D D D D Capital T. I don't know if it's capital. Don't mm-hmm. uh, actually it is capital. Oh wow, capital T. All right. Yeah. Uh, 
Capital T. All right. Got some capitalization in there. Uh, all right. Y'all already know what it is. It's probably one billion. You guys can catch me on Twitter, Real Superman, at Sheldon Sadler. Catch me on my personal Instagram, uh, Real Superman underscore is here. And we actually have a combined Prime 1 billion IG account. Prime 1 billion is what it is. Uh, show you all the content we're going to talk about. And just keeping uh, you guys in the loop with our day-to-day lives of this nerd culture we're part of. Um, also, we're, I'm on Twitch, a Prime One Billion, where there's a lot of gaming for all you gamers out there who also want to tune in to a lot of the live conversations we may have in the future. Follow us on Twitch at Prime One Billion, and that's Prime One Billion, y'all. This is a podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll holler at y'all later. Peace. Peace.